Amen. Thank you, Lord. If he's not in the center, then we're we're out of whack. Isn't that true? <laughs> we're off track. Something something ain't right. If he's not the center. Uh, thank you for picking that song, Lisa. That was that was precious. That was good, and it ties into the, the message uh, we're going to be looking at today. If you want to open your Bibles again to Luke, or well. You can open them to Luke and then turn back to Matthew. <clears throat> Luke chapter 8. And uh, I don't need that. Thank you. But you can keep it. Um, Luke chapter 8. And we're going to start in verse 5 in just a second here. And today, uh, I, I can't get away from it. So we're, we're still going to kind of keep on the same theme we've been on, which we've been talking about authority and uh, I'll review a little bit where we've, where we've been the last few weeks. Uh, we've been talking about prayer and authority. And so several weeks ago, we talked about the three dimensions of prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. And then we talked about the fourth dimension of prayer, which is the prayer of declaration. And we looked at the life of Elijah, where it says in James uh, chapter 5, it says, Elijah was a man just like us. And yet he spoke and he declared and the rain stopped for years. And then he prayed again. He made a declaration again and it rained. And we saw how Elijah was operating in the prayer of declaration. And in that he was using his authority. And so we've been looking at authority for the last few weeks after that. I believe in the power of agreement in prayer. And so last week we talked about authority and order. In other words, the centurion in this story in this account that we're going to read one more time uh, he says this he says i too am a man under authority and i tell my soldiers go and do this and they do it and so jesus was astonished because he had such great faith why did he have such great faith because he understood authority he understood how it worked and he was under authority and so when our lives are ordered in god's order then we have authority to do things. When our lives are out of order, if the Bible is no longer the authority in our lives or we change it to make it say what we want it to say so we can do what we want to do, then we are out of order. You know, And we talked about that last week. How sometimes if my marriage is out of order, then my authority is all messed up. If my finances are out of order, if they aren't aligned with how God wants them to be aligned, then things are going to not be working. I'm wondering, why when I pray is it not happening? Is my life in order? Am I under God's authority? Is Jesus the center of my life? Because if Jesus is not the first authority in my life, then I am not under authority. And when I try to use the authority that God wants me to give it, there's going to be a lack of power there to go with that authority. So that's kind of where we've been. And so we're going to kind of keep going on this theme. So this could be called Authority in Order Part 2, if you want to name it something. That was like four, four or five weeks in like five minutes. So that's pretty good. Um, Matthew 8 and verse 5. I want us to read it one more time because I saw one more thing in it uh, that the Lord showed me about authority through this centurion with great faith. Father, we just pray right now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to open the scriptures to us as we read them. May we hear your voice today. Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want what you want. God, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, verse 5, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. And Jesus said, I will go and heal him. And the centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve for you to come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. Why did he say that? For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was astonished. He was amazed. Like I said last week, there's only a few times that Jesus was amazed. Most of them were good, and then one was bad in Nazareth. He was amazed at their lack of faith. But it says, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done for you just as you believed it would, and his servant was healed at that very hour. And so what hap- what's happening here is Jesus is operating in his authority and the centurion, because he understands authority, he, call, he invites Jesus to speak to something in his life. Just say the word. Just make the declaration. All you have to do is just say it and it will happen. And the reason he understood that was because his life was ordered. He understood that if the commanding officer, if the one who was in charge said this is going to happen, then it's going to happen. So what was he doing with Jesus in that moment? He was recognizing that Jesus was the ultimate authority. In other words, he was recognizing that Jesus was the Son of God. What did he say? In some translation, it says this, when the centurion says this, he says, For I also, or I too, am a man under authority. And that, that phrase caught me when I was reading a different translation. And it's, it's basically, uh, in the NIV, the way they word it, it's a little bit harder to see. But it says, for I myself am a man under authority. In other words, I see what's going on with you, and I see what's going on with me. And so I recognize the parallel here spiritually. And so, so I, too, am a man under authority. So he recognized Jesus, that Jesus was under authority while he was on earth. He had submitted himself to become God as a man, and he he was submitting to God the Father's authority. And so what the centurion was recognizing, he was recognizing who Jesus was, that he was the authority that God had sent to be on the earth in the moment. And so it's interesting, I think, to think about this, and that Lisa picked this song this morning, when we recognize who Jesus is and have him in his proper place, then I'm more likely to recognize the authority that's there in Jesus and then operate in the authority that's been given to me. Because Jesus, 
for point of review, uh, for those who weren't here, Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. And the point of that was, in other words, I am giving you the authority that I have. And last week we looked at Jesus, that he's far above every authority, every principality, every power, every name that will be named now or in the future. He's above. He's far above. And then Jesus said, or Paul says in Ephesians 2, says, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. So if Jesus is far above, where am I as a believer in Jesus? I'm sitting next to Jesus. Where? Far above. So that means everything is under the authority of Jesus, and he has delegated and designated and passed on some of that authority to us to use, and to use for his glory, to use for his kingdom. And so when we recognize the kingship and the lordship of Jesus, we're more likely to be confident and bold and declare and ask and believe for the things that he says he will do. That's exactly what the centurion did. He recognized, hey, this is Jesus. He didn't recognize him just as a prophet. He didn't recognize him just as like, this guy has some great teachings. No, he's got to be Lord. He's got to be king. If he is the highest authority on the earth, then I can know that, hey, you just have to say it. You don't have to show up. You don't have to come. You don't have to do what I want, God. Just say the word. You don't have to do it the way I want. Just say it. Just say it one time. One word is all I need from God. One word is all I need. There's uh, There's an old song. Well, I guess it's old now. Some of you might think it's a new one. Uh, <laughs> I just called some of you old, if you didn't catch that. Um, <laughs> it's a song, Majesty. Anybody know the song, Majesty? It's, it's actually a four-square song. It's written by, by Pastor Jack Hayford. Majesty, we're just this majesty. You know, and I believe uh, he wrote that song probably in the 70s, I'm going to guess. I can't remember. Probably before I was born. Or right around when I was born. But, you know, it's a famous song. I've honestly um, never really liked the song, like in terms of how it sounds. You know, I've always thought, man, I would have changed the melody, Jack. You know, come on now. Um, make it a little more hip um, or something. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I'm just being honest. As a kid growing up, I've heard that song from when I was probably in the womb till I still hear it today. And I will play it today willingly if Lisa picks it out. Um, <laughs> But the point is, yeah, I never really liked this song, but when I was younger, you know, the words got in my head because we'd sing the song a lot. And so as I've been thinking about authority these last uh, few weeks, you know, this song came up to me yesterday. Majesty, worship is majesty unto Jesus, be all glory, power, and praise. And listen to this next phrase. It caught, me, caught my attention. Majesty. Kingdom authority flows from his throne unto his own, his anthem reign. You catch that there? Did you catch the theological power and truth in those words? It's a declaration of the kingship and the lordship of Jesus saying, Jesus, you are over all. So if I'm facing anything in my life, I'm facing any challenge, I'm facing sickness, I am facing opposition, I am in a spiritual battle, I need to go with the perspective that the centurion had, with the perspective of the song written by Pastor Jack Hafer, Majesty, Kingdom Authority, flowing from His throne 
unto his own for the glory of Jesus. And so I need to have that anthem in my heart all the time. We don't understand kingship in America because we have elected officials. We don't have royal officials, whether they, you know, I know some of us think that the president's acting like a king, uh, but we're still not, we're not in a, whatever that's called, uh, monarchy. Thank you. I've been to school a long time, so uh, we're not in a monarchy. There's still, there's still some checks and balances supposedly going on here. Um, <laughs> but we don't understand royalty. We don't understand kingship. You know, in other words, if, if, we had a, if we had a king in the United States of America, it wouldn't be just, we, would, we wouldn't talk the same way about the president that we would about a king if we truly understood what the monarchy is meant to be and what lordship is and what kingship is. And so sometimes we have to read scripture and, and let's, let's not make Jesus just our elected official. Let's just not make Jesus someone we vote for and say, I'm really happy about the things you're doing right now, God, so right now I'm with you. But if you do something that I'm not happy with, then I might vote against you next time. You know, it's not a democracy. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. Everyone does not have a vote. There's only one vote. There's only one vote that counts. It's the vote of Jesus. And the vote of Jesus, though, he has said, I am going to delegate some of my authority to you. It's flowing from his throne. It's flowing from his lordship over every principality and power and over anything on earth that can be named or will be named in the future. Luke chapter 10 says this, when Jesus sends out his disciples and they come back, or it's the 70, it says this, Luke 10 and 17, it might be up there, um, the 72, uh, some translations say 70, uh, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I like that. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So our point, first of all, Jesus makes a statement at the end. Let's make sure we get this right. It's not all about you having authority, but use it. But, you know, make sure you have it in, you have the right heart and the right motivation going on. You need to be, you need to have your life lined up with God in order to properly use his authority. Because, you know, we have authority, uh, whether we're doing what God wants or not. Sometimes the things we say as believers, we need to be careful. I was reminded of this by somebody last week. We need to be careful how we're saying. If we want to declare over our nation, hey, look, how many of you say, oh, man, the president's terrible, the president's doing this, the president's doing this. You're cursing him. You're cursing him with God's authority. Ouch! I'm talking to myself, too, Okay. <laughs> doesn't it's not about agreement it has nothing to do with agreement i can disagree with someone without saying how awful they are disagreement is different than a character judgment so i have to be careful we have to be careful with that in our city that's what i was reminded of you know oh man midland's not like it used to be there's just this and that what are we doing as believers with our authority we're saying we're releasing Curses upon Midland. 
We're saying, oh, it's not like it used to. Man, the people here, there's just some bad people here now. Oh, there's lots of crime going on. Okay, look, I'm not trying to say don't live in reality and pretend things aren't here, but let's not, let's not join in releasing it spiritually in the atmosphere. We're to bring the message of Jesus, the good news. Hey, look, you know what? What, what was a different perspective was this. There are so many people coming to Midland. Why has God sent us so many people? Do you think there's a reason? Do you think that, that Jesus just says, oh, it just happens no matter, oh, they're, it's just because they're making money and there's all these people coming? No, there's a reason people are coming to Midland. It's because there is a core of true believers in Midland who know Jesus and he says, they need to meet you and they need to meet me through you. And if I am not in the right order, if I don't have my life lined up, then I'm confused because I think they're taking something from me when in fact God's saying, I have appointed you to give and share something. We're off the notes now. That was good. <laughs> we have to use our authority. We have to use our authority to bless. Paul says, I want to use my authority for building you up, not for tearing you down. So I have to be careful how I use my authority. I want to submit my life to Jesus unto the throne of God and let that authority flow into my life. And as the Holy Spirit directs me, then I use that authority to build up, to bring to Him, to spread the good news. I noticed that when the disciples were given authority, they were always getting out the message of the kingdom. It was always about the kingdom of God. It wasn't just so they could have great lives and they didn't have sickness in their homes and all that stuff, although that's part of it, but it's to display the greatness of the kingdom of God. God wants us to look differently so people go, hey, what do you have? What's going on in your life? Why are you so healthy in your house? Why are you so healthy in your marriage? Why is your marriage working out so well? Well, because I have the authority of Jesus in my life. We have aligned ourselves with Jesus and with the word of God, and I am operating as a loving husband who is laying down his life for his wife. My life is in order as a wife. I am submitted to my husband as unto Jesus Christ because I love him so much. Not because he's perfect, but because he's perfect. I'm using, I'm preaching a little bit today, huh? All right. <laughs> So we have authority, but we have to use it. You know, I was, I, I'm reminded of a story at camp, and I'm, I'm reminded of what happens when we take our focus off Jesus that we usually don't operate in our authority. We aren't confident in what God has given us. And I know I've told the story before, but it's been a number of years ago at camp. Uh, I want to say probably seven or eight years ago. We were in a camp, and we were sitting around in circles praying, you know, and then there's, there's this girl over here in the prayer circle that I think I was in or I was close by to it. And she starts doing some weird stuff. Um, she starts like manifesting a demon, okay? She's just doing some strange things. And, you know, first you're like, okay, let's see how this goes. And then it's getting to where you're like, uh-oh, we can't just pretend and close our eyes and pray and ignore this anymore, right? <laughs> so, okay, let's just let this go away. And so then we like, we kind of pull the girl aside and there's several of us. And we're like, 
she's starting to get pretty crazy at this point. I mean, I don't want you to imagine the worst, but, you know, just it's, it's getting a little wild, a little squirreling around, and, you know, she's not speaking in a deep voice or anything, thankfully. I, I would have <laughs> probably totally been scared there. So we're a little nervous, and we're like, oh, what do we do? And you, were, you may remember this story. We're like, we need Pastor Tom Pucci. <laughs> if you remember Pastor Tom Pucci, he's, he's an ex-military guy. He was in a high level of intelligence in the Air Force. I mean, he understands authority, and he walks in authority spiritually. You know, he's had lots of experience with this stuff. And I'm thinking, I need some help here. And so we're like, we're trying to pray, but our focus is not on Jesus at the point. I'm not thinking, Jesus is Lord. He has the throne. He's far above. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in this moment? Call Pastor Tom. See, any Pastor Tom. Just get him here. <laughs> and so somebody runs to Pastor Tom's room because he's not in the service anymore. He's retired for the evening because he's old and needs to go to bed early or something. I don't know. <laughs> Probably because he gets up really early because he's like a military. I mean, he was just a military guy, military through and through. Uh, and so we get him. Uh, he was in the shower. <laughs> so some, whoever knocked on his door, his wife, okay, I'll get him out as soon as, you know, he'll come as soon as he can. He's in the shower. So he comes. He's halfway. He gets dressed and comes in here. Him and his wife come in and they lay hands on this girl and they speak the three demons and they command them to go in Jesus' name. Boom. She's quiet. Because they knew their authority and they used their authority. Me? I wasn't thinking about my authority. I was thinking about who am I going to get to come help me? (laughs) What are we going to do about this? So when we find ourselves in our lives, if we come to a situation where we got something going on in our family, we got something going on, there's spirit. And remember, it's always spiritual. Okay, people are not the enemy. It says our warfare is not against flesh and blood in in Ephesians 6. It says our struggle, if you're struggling, my struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and authorities and principalities. It's against the, the enemy, the dark forces, spiritual forces of wickedness that are out there. That is real. It's a reality. And that's who I am struggling with. And so I need to... Take authority, because everything in the spirit realm operates under authority. You'll notice when Jesus showed up, all the demons say, they start screaming and begging Jesus. Why? Because the higher authority showed up in the situation. And so whoever is the highest authority has the one that will declare, you go here and you go here. Just like the centurion says, I tell my soldier, you do this and they do it. You do this and they do it. That's how authority works. And so I have to take my authority in those situations. And I am more likely to take my authority if I am recognizing Jesus on his throne. Look, sickness is an issue of authority. Jesus gave his disciples authority and power to heal every disease. You know, when you're in a spiritual battle, when there's demonic forces going on, it's an issue of authority. It's, it's not some formula for praying. It's not how loud you pray or how quiet you pray. It's if you are operating in the authority that is flowing from the throne of Jesus. And so it doesn't have to get crazy for you to stand and take authority over something in your life. But you have to do that. 
men who are husbands or men who are not. You are the authority in your home. You are the one that has to take authority in your household. If there's things going on that shouldn't be going on in your house, you're the highest authority that God has placed in your home. And so if the person of authority is not using their authority to say, this will not happen in my home, or I want to release blessing in my home, then it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Those of you ladies who are single, or men who, you know, those of you ladies who are single, Jesus is your husband, and so he has given you authority in your household. Because he says, look, I'm your covering. I am there with you. And so you have to take authority. Sometimes I think we don't have a lot because we're not using the authority that God has given us. I need to recognize it's coming from the throne. It's far above anything else. Am I always going, oh, who am I going to call? <laughs> who am I going to call? When, when Jesus is wanting you to act like Pastor Tom, step into the situation and say, Jesus is Lord, this thing is not. This thing needs to change. It's using my authority. Isaiah 54, 17 is a great scripture. We probably love to quote it. We put that up here. Uh, it says, no weapon forged against you will prevail. Or you, you'll know it better. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me declares the Lord. Did you notice there's two parts to that scripture? There's one where it says, you can keep it up there for a second, guys, sorry. Uh, no weapon formed against you or prosper. That's, that's like the thing, in other words, the, the weapon that's coming against you. What is that weapon? I don't know. It might be fear. It might be sickness. It might be condemnation. It might be feelings of unworthiness. It might be strife. It might be confusion. I don't know what it is, but that's a weapon that's coming to into your into our lives we'll face all those different things unforgiveness is a weapon formed against us will i let it prosper well i have to take authority over those things who does it say will refute every tongue that accuses you you that's you me say me <laughs> me i'm the one that has to refute the tongue that's accusing me God says, hey, I have the promise for you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. But it's not always just magically going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, I have to sometimes take authority with my mouth. Why do I have to use my mouth and speak out loud? Because demons cannot hear you in your head. They cannot hear you think. There's nothing in Scripture that shows us that demons can hear thoughts. They give you thoughts. And they can probably recognize from your actions what you're thinking. They've been studying humans for thousands of years. And there's a lot of the same patterns. So they don't have to know what you're thinking to seem like, hey, it seems like they know what I'm thinking and it seems like they're in my head. Well, they'll put thoughts in your head. But they can't hear what you're thinking. You can't think something away from you sometimes. The silent prayer will not work in that case. You can communicate with God silently, but if you need to take authority over something in your life, you need to speak out loud because it can't hear you if you're thinking in your head. It says every tongue that rises up against you, every tongue that re you will refute or you will condemn those things that are being coming against you. So in other words, when the, when the weapon of condemnation comes and says, I can't believe you did that. 
And it's that, that weapon is forming over and over again. Can you believe you say you're a Christian and you did that? I, I thought you were better than that. Oh, you're, you've even done this. You even promised God you wouldn't do that again. And you did it again. That is a weapon of condemnation trying to be formed against you. And you need to take authority over that and say, No, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That has been forgiven. I am moving on. I am free from that. I am clean. But I have to refute that tongue. I have to say, No. I have to say, That's not right. And you need to do it out loud. I'm just telling you, you need to do it out loud. Sometimes we're just not taking our authority over things. Sometimes we just let things happen in our lives. I believe that God is saying, that doesn't have to be that way. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. I've given you authority. You need to use it. James 4 and 7 says this. uh, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, I want you to see the Scripture. It's very interesting how, it ta- how it's about authority and order. What does it say first? You've got to be submitted to God. I mean, we love to quote the part, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Who doesn't love that part of the Scripture, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But there's the order part with the authority. I am ordered in my life when I'm submitting myself to God. Those scriptures go together. They're even in the same verse. Submit myself to God and then resist the devil and he will flee from you. If it feels like the devil's not fleeing from you, then it's good to check. Am I submitted to God? Is Jesus the center of my life? Is he Lord right now or is something else more important than him? Are my children more important than Jesus? Is, is something I want to buy more important than Jesus? Is some show I watch, whatever, some, some activity, is it more important than Jesus? Then I'm not submitted to God in His order. And so when I try to resist, I'm not operating in the full authority of God because I'm not a person under authority. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, this one's very interesting too. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist Him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And it's interesting, the first part of 1 Peter 5 talks about submitting to authorities in other words hey if you've got elders you know the elders you know treat them with honor and respect and all these different things hey look look to those who have been placed in authority over you and then it says humble yourselves therefore under god's mighty head then it says resist the devil and he will free from you authority authority and order go together jesus walked in perfect authority how did he do that was it just because he was jesus Well, if that's the case, then we have no hope. Jesus came to demonstrate what it looks like for a human being to walk with God on earth. That's everything Jesus did. That's what it's meant to look like. Now, Jesus did have one thing we didn't have. Jesus never had fallen flesh. He never had a sin nature of any kind. But as a believer, you don't have a sin nature anymore. The Bible doesn't say, the Bible says that you don't have that. So if you think you have a sin nature, 
that's not what the scriptures say. And we'll talk about that different times. So if that's shocking to you, I can talk to you at another time. But so in other words, we've been delivered. We've been made a new creation, right? The old is gone. So if the old is all gone and the new has come, then I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus and I'm walking with God. But how did Jesus do that? He walked in perfect authority because he was in perfect communion with God. He was in perfect submission with God and he was in perfect obedience unto God. So in order for me to develop walking in my authority, I need to develop my communion with God. I need to get closer to him. Jesus said, you, you see Jesus all the time. He's like in conversation with God all the time. It looks like he just says, hey, whatever God's doing, whatever I see the Father doing, I do. He was in submission to the Father. He said, whatever, not my will, but yours be done. That, that needs to be my mantra all the time. God, not my will, but yours be done. And then perfect obedience. Now, again, I, I know we're going we're gonna to mess up. We're probably not going to show up and be perfect in this next week. But... The Bible says we will progress from glory to glory. We will grow in grace. It says there will be, we'll be changed. There will be things that will be happening in us so we can continue to grow in these things. And so my encouragement to us is, number one, take your authority. Take authority in your life over some things that are not right. If you look at, look at something in your life, or your family, your situation, it says this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not what, the way God wants it then maybe I need to take authority over it. Now look, God can't override somebody else's will. I've said that before. There's, there's only one thing that, that stops God, I think, in some ways. It's free will. And so I can't just declare something and make this person act a different way. It's not magic. It's not, it's not witchcraft where I'm controlling someone. Uh, it's authority. And so... You know, if you're taking authority over a situation, what you're doing is, let's say you're praying for your children and they're, they're, they're not close to God. When you take authority, you can't take authority over their will, but you can take authority over things that are trying to influence their will. See the difference there? In other words, the demonic forces that are influencing them you can take authority over those, but their will is theirs. They, can, they can't change their mind unless they want to change their mind. But you can bring a measure of freedom to where they can make that decision better. And uh, I believe there's a whole lot more to that uh, that I probably don't know. So I'm just telling you what I believe I know in, that, in those situations. But take, still, take authority over those things. Declare blessing. Declare freedom. Declare forgiveness in a situation. I mean, think about it. Even Jesus, look at the authority he gave to the disciples. Even sometimes he said, hey, if you forgive someone's sins, they're forgiven. Wait a second here. Think about that as believers. If we like started declaring forgiveness over people instead of saying, oh, look at that person, what they're doing. I don't know. Might be worth a try. <laughs> Rather than saying how bad the world is and saying, you know what? Jesus is enough for that. Let's, let's, let's release some forgiveness there. Yeah, I'm not saying we can make someone save without their will again. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying we're releasing the kingdom with our authority. So I, I think that's enough for today. We've given you enough to chew on. Um, so I want us, but I want us to respond today. So if you, wanna, if you can stand, if, if you want to stand, go ahead and stand and stretch. And let's, 
let's ask two things of, of the Lord and the Holy Spirit to speak to us before we close. Number one, we, let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us any area of our life where Jesus is not Lord. If there's any area in our life, God, where Jesus is not sitting on the throne, Lord, we ask for a revelation of that. Lord, any area of our life that is out of order, where we have, we have, we have changed the order of the way it's supposed to be. We have changed your word. We have twisted it to fit our situations. God, we ask you to show us. Holy Spirit, come and reveal that to us. We just invite you right now to speak to us, O oh Lord. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to minister to us. Lord, we don't have to find anything going on. We let you show us. Lord, it's not about us finding something wrong with ourselves. It's about you saying, I, I, I don't want this in you, my child. So Holy Spirit, speak to us. Show us there's, Lord, where there's things out of order, give us a revelation. Sometimes we just, we don't have a clue. We don't even have a, have a thought to it. Remind us of scriptures, God. Bring the word of God to life in our daily walks with you that we might, oh, wait, wait a second. I'm not, I'm not walking under authority of the word of God. Help us see those things. Lord, let us, let us grow in, in communion with you, Lord. Let us, let, us, let us be like Jesus and just wake up and, and go, Father, I'm, I'm so happy to be with you today. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my day. I welcome you to speak to me and to, and to be with me throughout this day. I welcome you to give me a hearing ear throughout the day. Lord, let there be a fresh communion with you, God. Let us submit to you, Lord. Lord, let us be able, be able to say, you're in charge, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done, O Lord. And then let us walk it out. Let us just walk in obedience. Let us not be just do, uh, hearers of the word, but let us be doers of the word as well, that we might walk in obedience to you each and every day, Lord. And then let us use our authority to build up and not to tear down. Use our authority to take control of situations that you have said we need to take control of. Lord, show us if there's any area in our life where we have allowed Something to happen because we haven't taken authority. We haven't used the authority that you have given us in Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, reveal that to us. Search our hearts, O oh God. Let's take a second. Let's just, let's just, sit. Let's just take a second and let the Lord speak to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you'll continue to talk to us. It's not just about this moment, but this moment may have sparked something or started something. Help us to continue to listen to what you're saying to us. Lord, and I just pray that you, just as 
Jesus had to grow up as a human. Lord, I think we have to we have to grow up spiritually. And I'm reminded of the scripture in Luke uh, 152. It says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Father, I pray that that would be us, Lord, in our lives spiritually, that we would grow in wisdom and stature spiritually. Lord, we would, we would continue to walk forward. We would not be stagnant. We would not be uh, apathetic in any way, but we would grow in the grace of God and that we will find favor with you and favor with others when we see that happening. Let us use our authority. Lord, let us hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are done. Be blessed. If you need prayer, come on up. Two things. Number one, if we could have somebody go relieve Ashley, or at least so she can come down and meet with the ladies that are going to retreat. Number two, sign up for Family Promise today. It's next week. So sign up. we need sign-ups today to, to happen quickly. Be blessed this week. Wednesday night, Bait of Satan. <laughs>